0: Dead Bodies is not for the squeamish and is intended for mature audiences.
1: Okay, I need to tell you this toilet story that I promised you I would tell you. Oh, yes, please. It's horrific.
0: Yep. Oh, is it? Yep.
1: So. We're in a time of wash your hands. I feel like I'm going to burn. Sing, happy, yep. go sing ahead, go ahead. happy birthday and wash your hands for 20 seconds. Clean hands is what we're all about. Fucking how much hand sanitizer Do you have one in your bag? Do you have one in your car? Do you have one everywhere? We're all about clean hands. Mm-hmm. I'm at court and I go to the toilet. Yes. And after I wiped myself, my hand felt strange. Oh, no. What happened? It was sans ring. In the toilet. Yep.
0: Well, could you see it? Hang on. Okay. All right. <laughs> Wind it back. Okay. Was it just a quick tinkle or more than it that? It was
1: just a quick tinkle. Thank God. Yep.
0: So it's in there?
1: So. There's paper? Hold on. I look at my hand. Yes. It wasn't my engagement ring.
0: Oh, okay.
1: I look at my hand. I'm not wearing the ring at the moment. Um, and I'm like, did I put that ring on this morning? <gasps> Yeah, I did. I swear I had it on. And I was like looking on the floor, looking around me. Oh, no. I was like dusting my pa- I don't know why I was dusting my pants, but I'm, I'm <laughs> at court. I'm dusting my pants, looking, where is it? And I was like, then I just, it, it's like, you <gasps> it can't be. Oh, Surely not. No. Surely not. Turn around, my pants are still at my knees toddle around <laughs> look into the toilet i could see it just there so had you you flushed i no. hadn't flushed oh, yet right okay right so it's sitting at the bottom of the toilet yep thank god it was county court not magistrate's court why magistrate's court i would have been, had to i would no. Nah.
0: Hang why is there a I don't a even pay
1: – oh, okay. So, Magistrates Court is probably the most high-traffic court. Yeah. So, there's lots of people.
0: Oh, um, okay. Yep, yep.
1: Um, lots of people, high-traffic. The toilets are shit. Yeah. They're, I don't even know if a cleaner worked there until right, the last okay. five weeks. Um, so, I mainly, if I need to go to toilet, I make a point of going to Supremo County. Yeah. Yep, okay. Yeah. And anyway, so I toddle around. I can see the ring in there. And I was like, Christ, Christ, what am I going to do? I don't have my handbag. My handbag is in the courtroom.
0: Okay. So That's... I've got
1: nothing to fish it out with.
0: Because a pen, I suppose, you could You've I put got my to put hand, your hand in. in. Yeah. I did it. You have to – oh, hang on. Was the wee still in there? Yeah. You have to do it. It's. It, there's no choice. <laughs> I went
1: straight through wee yep. water.
0: You have but, to then make a decision. I'm going to – I don't know what your ring was worth, but it's a ring and it's jewellery and that's the end of actually, the story. Actually, you'll
1: appreciate this. So, it's a ring that I bought from London that is made right. from vintage gold. Right. From It's like a beautiful ring. It was probably – it's about $300. Okay.
0: So, at that point, I would be thinking to myself – if someone said to me, would you put your hand in a bowl of wee for $300, would I do it?
1: Oh, I didn't think like this. Well,
0: that's the choice you've got. But it's you your wee. Yeah, that's all. Yeah.
1: It's so it's different.
0: I've got a worse wee. Oh, no, not worse, but I've got a bad wee story. Oh, wait. On. So I yeah, fished God.
1: it out? Yes. And then it's like, what the fuck do you do after you fished it out? So then I've like put it on a piece of toilet paper. But then I, the, the outfit I was wearing was like... Suit pants, like black nice pants that had a belt that did up. So I was like, I can't do the belt up with one hand because I didn't want to use my wee hand. I don't know. I I didn't dress myself before I did it. I was still half naked. (laughs) one hand and wee hand is still out. This was this week, by the way. This isn't like it was a long time ago. This was this week. I'm a 32-year-old woman. So I pull my pants up Yes. and I got the zip up with one hand and the belt is still like east and west. Right, okay. It's out. It's so obviously undone given the outfit I was wearing. I was like, fuck it. I just have to go out to the sink. And if anyone says to me or looks at me weird, I would literally just have to say, I was prepared to confess. My ring fell in the toilet. This hand has been in the toilet. I need to wash it. So I come out and I'm washing it. Cleaner walked in. And she just looked at me and I said, my ring fell in the toilet. And she was just like, Okay, like she didn't even she not say okay. She just looked at me like. Mm.
0: It probably happens all the time.
1: Well, then I washed this hand so many times, like lot of times. It's like you time. just can't wash it. Yeah, half, I washed yeah. it so many times, and I put heaps of hand sanitizer on it. I kept sanitizing it all day. I was thinking about it.
0: But people, like if you get a a, a sting, people wee on to those. It's only it's only wee when you think about it. It was inside your body. Would I have Why gone in so if there was worse poop on the in there? Outside, oh. <laughs>
1: I'm so sad we can't hear cursed.
0: We be you know what she'd be doing now. Ooh, ooh, ooh. She, yeah. I reckon um, I would have. Uh,
1: it's my poop.
0: Well, at least if it's poop, you can see where it is. <laughs> you can see on your hand where you need to wash it. Um, I, I was
1: washing up to my elbow too on the arm. Like yeah, I went I think all you the way up
0: because the bacteria travel. I'm sure they do. I reckon they that's why they keep telling us to it. wash the back of our hands yeah. too. Oh, dear. You're going first this week? I think you are.
1: Um, Sure. So, I'm actually doing a story that uh, was recommended. Kirst and I were sent a message by Julian at Channel 9, who's the Chief of Staff there for News, and he recommended we do this story, and I've looked into it. It is a great story, except I'm going to have a lot of difficulty saying this person's name.
0: Great. <sighs> okay. I, if I turn my mic off at any point, I'm just having a sip of tea. Okay. Okay. I'm doing it it's now. It's the
1: story of... Vat-Hana. Yes. I think it's chorn Lamountry. Yeah. What? It's C-H-O-U-N, Chorn, L-A-La, think it's it chorn Lamount Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. You
0: reckon? I'll go with it. Okay. Yeah.
1: We're just going to call him Vat-Hana from okay. this point on because the surname is just, yeah. Yeah. So, Vat-Hana has a friend uh, and he, we're in Melbourne, by the way, and his name is Tan Fong Nguyen. Now, the two had been lifelong friends and their partners were also friends. Tan Fong Nguyen was a drug dealer and he dealt out of his home, which was in St. Albans. Vat Hanna and his partner would often go to that home because they wanted to buy drugs and they would usually buy ice. Vat drug use, however, continued to increase and him and his partner were using to the point where they just consumed so much that they were always there. They were using and using and using. I need to make my font bigger. I just can't even read.
0: What are you going with? 18. Yep. Yeah. Oh, really? You yep. two pissed yourself laughing at me the other day when I went 18. Ooh, she's blind.
1: I have to go 18 just to read it. Now... Um, also important to hear here to say that that Hana, um, had they, him and his partner had children. Mm. So, they're using every day in the house, going to buy drugs. I hate that. Yeah. yeah. And I think it happens more than we think. Mm. When you're not in that world, you don't realize how often that is a scenario in the yeah. city that you live in. So, um, I don't really want to say anything about the kids other than he had two kids and they were young. So, Vat was also previously a heroin user. That was around 2014, but he switched up to ICE to help him parent better. Um, perhaps heroin was too much of a downer. ICE was bringing him back up. So I could... don't
0: understand drugs at all. Yeah. Well, I is think that heroin... what happens?
1: Yeah. That's the whole issue with ICE is that it makes people crazy, energetic, angry. Right. Okay. Heroin. Gotcha. That's why the nurses and doctors just pray for the heroin days.
0: Oh, okay. When people
1: would just gas Yes, yeah. No violence. However, he quickly worked out that using ice made him feel on the edge and aggressive. Vathana lost his job. He had no savings and the welfare money he was getting wasn't enough to feed his family and his drug habit. Can't right. buy food and ice. Oh. do mm. wonder did what it costs. I have no idea. Mm. I'm trying to think if I could ask anyone, any cops I know. Well,
0: I used to, I did hear anecdotally that it's that's why there's less young people that drink now because it's cheaper to get a hit of drugs and then she can get it for like 15 to 20 bucks for Probably. a hit of I don't know what. I
1: have no idea how much no. any drugs cost.
0: No. And always, they always go, oh, we've captured kilos and kilos of this. That's got a street value of that. Yeah. It's like, who's valuing that?
1: Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. I would not know how to buy drugs.
0: You'd just go to Richmond,
1: wouldn't you? No. Surely there's got to be better people to buy it off that aren't the dodgy people in Richmond.
0: Thank like- you. I think you would walk around Richmond and look for a fly screen door that's got a hole ripped in it. Did you see I that just... on the news? the lady And she was part people were passing money in and no. she was like doing deals from within uh, inside behind a f- fly screen door yeah and th- they would just poke their hands in and out and she then the drugs would get poked out again.
1: I don't even know how I'd organize this. I can barely reply to a text message. Can I just...
0: I just request that you don't do it?
1: I've got no need.
0: I don't want you to I'm turn not into interested. No cracko no, with on this I'm not interested okay, at all. I quick. can't
1: deal. Um, okay, so can't eat and have drugs. He's making a decision between feeding his family and using ice. He has a light bulb moment. Mm, he does. He has this light bulb moment that he wants to get away from drugs, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. Good. He wants to move to New South Wales. He wants to take the family with him. He chooses New South Wales because his mother and his brother are there. And he thinks they'll be able to support him through his drug rehabilitation. However, there's a problem. Dun, dun.
0: They don't want him?
1: No, they do, but he needs money to move to New South Wales. Ah,
0: okay. Right.
1: Right. So he decides, he has a second light bulb moment, he's going to rob someone. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's pondered this for some time and he's trying to work out who he should rob. He settles on the idea that the best person and the most low-risk person to rob would be his lifelong friend and also his drug dealer, Fong. Hmm. Stick with me. Okay. Vadhana thought that being a drug dealer, he wouldn't report the robbery because he's a drug dealer.
0: Oh, I see. Yeah. And he wouldn't yep. want to
1: alert police to the fact that, like, come over to my house yep. and see where this robbery has taken place, of my gotcha. drug money and all yep. my drugs there. It is actually kind of smart mm-hmm. when you think about it like that. It's not the worst idea. Yeah. He chooses Fong because he because of that reason, but also because he's been to his house so many times. He knows the ins and outs. He can get in, get out. He knows where he keeps things in his home. So he has that familiar um, kind of sense yeah. about where everything is. Yeah. But there's another small problem.
0: They say that though, if a burglar breaks into your house, you know, don't turn the lights on because you know your house in the dark. They don't.
1: I've never heard that. That is so smart. Yeah. But if a burglar breaks breaks into my house, I'm having a heart attack. I'm not even thinking. I don't reckon. Don't
0: turn the lights on.
1: Nicholas would not save me for shit. <laughs> a hundred percent no. Like with, hun- I am the one beating the burglar. I, I'm not even like I would say that to his face. It's it's a fact. He's terrified.
0: <laughs> well, there's your tip. Don't turn the lights on.
1: Yeah. Right. Mm. And, like, what are my dogs going to do? Nothing.
0: I'm so doing like a ho- – I, sometimes I run through it. If Kira never has to go away for work, I run through like a home alone scenario in my head because our bedrooms are all upstairs. And I think to myself, what have I got up here? Because the burglars would have to come up. I don't care if there's still stuff down here, whatever, you know, it's not worth a life. Sure. But if they start coming up those stairs for me or my family.
1: Are you going to chuck things? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I think,
0: right, there's an iron. And then I think, oh, and then I have this moment where I think, oh, I don't want to think what damage an iron would do to a person if you threw it down at them from a height. But then I think the ironing board, that's going to take you out. Try and get past that. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think of things like um, deodorant to spray it in your face.
1: When I go away for work, Nicholas sleeps with all the lights on in the house.
0: So that's no, can you tell him my theory? I need you're telling a theory. Yeah.
1: Without a doubt, that's a grown man. Yeah. A sales executive that sleeps with all the lights on in his house when his small journalist uh, turn them off fiance goes away.
0: And tell no, I know you don't have children yet. Anytime I'm happy to have those little cuties come along. Yeah. Um get, children's toys are really good, like noisy ones, like yeah. rattly, teeter tottery things. Put them in the doorways. If someone breaks in they're going to stand, tip, Lego noise. And They'll be, yep, yep. 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 I used to deliberately leave the kids' toys you know I told, in the doorways. Have I
1: told you how a man jumped in my backyard one day? No. Okay. So, um, come home from work. It was when I was living alone and my neighbours who were fabulous people knew I was living alone. They'd always look out for me. They mm-hmm. were just wonderful. Anyway, so she comes around and she knocks on my door and she says, I think someone jumped into your backyard today. I said, what? She goes, yes, a dark man jumped into your backyard. Her words, not mine. Yes. And I was like, what? She's like, yeah, I think he was running from the police. And I was like, oh. So I was panicked. I look in the backyard. This was hours. It happened hours earlier. There's no one in the backyard. But I checked the camera footage because I had cameras out the back. Yeah. Literally jumped into my backyard. He was panicking, walking around my backyard thinking, where is he going to go? Because he couldn't get into my house. And like it was a double-story townhouse, so he couldn't climb anything. And then he just jumped back. Wow. But there was a man in my backyard and that was spooky. Ooh, it is
0: spooky. I think a car got stolen, uh, one of our neighbours during the week.
1: And the police were at
0: the front gate going, can we check your CCTV, please? Because something has happened.
1: Do you have CCTV?
0: I'm not going to tell you what security there is at my home. Oh, wow.
1: I have cameras in my house.
0: There's all sorts. Who knows? I'm not going to tell the burglars.
1: I've got everything. I
0: don't think no one who listened to this podcast would rob me, surely.
1: No, I've got cameras. I've got an alarm system. I've got everything. You're singing my song, girl. And I can look at it from my phone right now so I can see who's at my front door. (laughs) <laughs> i just snorted sometimes it's my Apologize. mother-in-law anyway so with the dance Vadhana wants to rob people um he wants to rob his drug dealer realizes that's the best idea so he decides he's going to go and do that on the night of may 5 2014 vatana leaves his children at his mother-in-law's house. He texts his partner saying he wants to go and buy drugs from mm. Fong's house and she drives him at 4.30 in the morning to go and buy drugs. But she stays in the car while Vat Hanna goes inside. He makes his entry into the home through an unlocked back door. You would think weird for a drug dealer, Right. Anyway, he goes into Fong's games room, which is where he normally was and where he did his drug dealing out of. He pulled out a knife and told him he was going to rob him. <laughs> yep. <laughs> now, but under- <laughs> I'm going to rob you.
0: Hello,
1: I'm Stand here. Stand down. Here I am
0: <laughs> with my whip on.
1: To- <laughs> with my dagger. <laughs> um, a He thought that upon seeing the knife and making this grand entrance, that Fong would just surrender. (laughs) Yeah, he thought this was going to be very easy. He did not. He sprang up out of his chair and began to resist him. He was grabbing onto his uh, wrist, trying to shake the knife out of his hand. And instead, Vat Hana stabbed – he's kind of pushed him down onto a chair from what I could – back onto the chair yeah. as he's pushed him that knife has gone into his chest but he Ooh. hasn't realised until he gets up and sees the blood um, he starts freaking out at this point because Fong lives with his entire family
0: oh right
1: yeah okay. mum relatives everyone's in the same house Ooh. and he's freaking out because Fong's screaming so he stabs him again and again and again and again Right. Stabbing. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a stabbing noise. And I, but... Look,
0: I don't think your druggie makes a rational decision. He's no. just going, quiet, stab, stab, stab.
1: Yeah. And they're both. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, pathologists found a total of nine stab wounds to Fong's uh, left arm, chest, neck, and back. Mm-hmm. After stabbing uh, Fong, Vatana grabbed a Nike shoebox that he knew would be filled with drugs and cash. Do you
0: say Nike, not Nike? I don't know which is right. I Some don't know. say Nike. Others say Nike. This
1: is like Adidas and Adidas. Oh, God. I don't know. It's the
0: Americans. They do it. I don't know. They say Nissan. Do they? Yes, they Ninsan? do. Nissan. Nissan. Yeah.
1: Bizarre. Um grabs the Nike or Nike shoebox mm-hmm. and he runs away. But Fong's no, he doesn't run away, sorry. He grabs the Nike box, but Fong's mother hears the commotion. She comes out of her room, and from the hallway, she sees her son lying on the floor, and she sees Vadhana with the shoe box. Other members of the family start to come out, um, and they start... Um,
0: really want to do accents for this story.
1: I think they're actually... I think they're Vietnamese.
0: I'm not going to do it. But i like to. No, nah,
1: don't. So, Vat Hanna starts threatening all of them with the knife before oh. he runs <laughs>
0: oh.
1: Before he runs back to the car with his girlfriend. Yeah. He dropped the knife the noise. as all he fled. Is. After the pair got back home, they grabbed their children and they went into hiding. Meanwhile, Fong was pronounced dead. Vat Hanna, they're in hiding with the children. He is He's got all his money in their shoebox, but he's also got a whole lot of drugs. So he is just taking those drugs. Oh,
0: Yeah.
1: So they are holed up inside a Footscray motel. They're taking drugs. What happened to the, I need money to get off of drugs plan? Well, that he just got the drugs window. and money. So he just started eating oh. drugs. <sighs> so police work out that they're there. They surround the building and there is a massive siege Vathana chucks his kids out of the motel towards police, and he and his partner then make a pact that they are going to commit a murder-suicide. Oh no, yes. that's not a good decision. Well, the drugs. Oh, drugs. God. Um, eventually, police force entry. They arrested Vathana, who remained in hospital for days after. Once well enough, though, he cooperated with police, telling them that it was either me or him in regards to the knife fight he had with Fong. He went to trial. A jury found him guilty of common law murder. Yeah. It's an extremely rare form of murder, and it basically means when a criminal kills someone in the process of carrying out another offence.
0: And I don't think the me or him things, oh, I had to kill him because it was he was going to kill me. No, because it, it, the whole scenario wouldn't have happened if you hadn't turned up there with a knife. You yeah. made the situation, yeah.
1: buddy. Well, at the time of the murder, it was also revealed what that… What if I was a judge? Oh. oh. I'd be
0: taking no shit from anyone.
1: The other day, you know, when you see the police officers do media conferences, yep. before every one of those media conferences, we always, Juno has to go up and like tap the mics, make sure they're working, mm-hmm. hold up a piece of paper so the cameraman can get their colouring right. And I had to go do it the other day and I went up there and I said, everyone can get the fuck in the bin. Ah. <laughs> everyone. Mic job. Yeah. Everyone goes to jail. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Hana was jailed for 17 years wow. and six months. His non-parole period was 13 years and six months. Ooh. It's decent.
0: Yeah. It, it, yeah. Wow. Yep. Well, and we'll never know his surname.
1: Sean LaMountry. <laughs> Don't rob your drug dealer. Don't do it. Nah. Bad choice. It's not your best idea.
0: Go. I have been reading a book called The Blooding*, which I am going to give to you when I'm allowed to see you next, Chanel Fella. Yes. Uh, by a man by the name of Joseph Wombo. And I don't know how old it is, but I got it in an op shop and it's quite old and it's thumbed through. But anyway, it's a rather interesting story because it contains um, – uh, I was just going to wreck it for you, but anyway, you can just pass it on to someone else if you don't want to bother reading it once I've told you the story. It's got a very significant DNA um, development in it. So – It's about a man by the name of Colin Pitchfork. In fact, there's probably no need for you to read it once. Colin
1: Pitchfork.
0: I know, it's another one of the names. It's another one of the made up names. Uh, Colin Pitchfork lived in Newbold, Verdon in the UK. Now, when he was a very young man, Pitchfork had been convicted of indecent exposure. Here's my penis. Take a look at it. That's terrible. Why do they it's quite an aggressive it's so odd
1: isn't it it's like do they uh, oh i'm gonna tell you a story oh this worries me go on so there you'll know this story two thugs that bash the shit out of a cop at a train station? Yes, yes. Mm. And the dad was quite. Um, yes. Yeah, he messaged me the other night on Facebook, that Ooh, man. Why? Yeah, trying to tell me that um, the police officer had made a pass at his boys oh
0: fuck off this
1: was raised in court so it was it's not like i'm saying something that hasn't been said it was raised in court it was absolutely discounted it was nothing and so this dad has tried has messaged me on facebook the other night saying like he you know it was trying trying to say he exposed himself and i just was not having it and i just wrote back and i was like your two sons are thugs who were drunk and using drugs actually I think they were just drunk. Never gonna message
0: you again. I was writing back all savage. this
1: stuff. I was like, don't message me. This was cleared in court. I don't want to hear it. And then he wrote some reporter you are and I wrote back <laughs> see ya, C Y A and blocked him. Yes. Yeah. Nailed it. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. He, he did not do that, that police officer. It's He's an upstanding like officer. A...
0: Oh, here's my penis. Anyway so It's this so guy. weird, isn't it? Yeah, and it's not right if a young boy has anyone doing...
1: flushed you? Yes, you've said this when you were child yes. when you were very young. Yeah, so sorry, we won't mean. go through
0: it again. No. Uh, so he was convicted of indecent exposure. He had been referred for therapy at the Culton Hayes Hospital in Narborough. In 1976, he got an apprenticeship. He started working in a bakery, Hampshire's Bakery. 1981, he married a social worker and they moved to Little Thorpe and they had two sons. So he continued working as a baker. And as a sculptor of cake decorations I actually believe he was quite good at it He hoped eventually to start his own cake decorating business His supervisor said he was a good worker But he was quite moody and he could not leave the women employees alone. Ella, love, hey, hey, love, come over here. Hey, whoopsie-daisy then. I'll show you a sweet thing. Yeah, that's right. You come down (laughs) down the pub later and have a a pint with me. He was always chatting them up apparently. So on the 21st of November in 1983 a 15 year old girl by the name of Linda Mann took a shortcut she'd been babysitting and she was on her way home and instead of going the normal way she took a shortcut and when she didn't get home at the time her parents were expecting her they got very worried straight away because she was such a good girl Uh, the parents and the neighbors spent the night searching for her the next morning she was found. She'd been raped Ugh. and strangled and she her body was on a deserted footpath, which was known in the area as the Black Pad. So, hang on, what year are we? 83. So, forensic science at that time wasn't what it is now, mm. but police were able to link a semen sample taken from her body to a person with type A blood And an enzyme profile that matched only 10% of males. And I get a bit confused about it. They're called secretors, sometimes referred to in DNA evidence. It's it's just a small percentage of the the population are secretors. And I don't know if it's only of males. Anyway, so, yeah. They were able to narrow down just via blood type to a certain group of men. But there were no other leads or evidence. So the case was left open. Uh, Three years later... The 31st of July, 1986, 15-year-old Dawn Ashworth left her home to go and visit a friend. At 4.30 in the afternoon, she started walking home to the nearby village of Enderby and she took a shortcut along a footpath that was known in the area as 10 Pound Lane and she vanished. Mm. It was two days later that Dawn's body was found in the corner of a field nearby. She was covered in twigs and branches. And a pathologist was able to establish that she had put up a real fight before she had been raped and strangled to death. So the attack sort of matched up what had happened with that first girl, Linda Mann. Linda's clothes had been removed in the same way as Dawn's and she too had been raped before being strangled with her own scarf. So uh, detectives believe that both had been killed by the same man. Uh, They also believed it was someone who knew the area, knew these shortcuts, and that they possibly knew Linda. The semen samples from both the girls' bodies revealed the same blood type. Oh, yeah, okay. Still no DNA, so that was the best they could do at the time. Yep. The prime suspect was a guy called Richard Buckland, who was a 17-year-old, lived in the area. He had learning difficulties he knew where Dawn's body had been found, but when he was questioned, oh, uh, he was questioned about it, he admitted to killing Dawn, the second girl. Oh, okay. But he denied anything to do with the first murder. Okay. Which is odd because… Yeah. Yeah. Why? So, it was around this same time, 1985 to be specific, a man by the name of Alec Jeffries was a genetics researcher at the University of Leicester and he developed DNA profiling along with another man called Peter Gill and another called Dave Werrett. Yep. They worked at the Forensic Science Service. It's really interesting how they did it. And it's the a DNA is amazing. Yeah. Incredible. But basically, they were able to get images and what we see now when we see that sort of twisted thing Yep, DNA. the twisted ladder yeah. thing. Their biggest achievement, these three men's, was developing a method to separate sperm from vaginal cells so that the two people's DNA were separate. And without doing that, they wouldn't have been able to use DNA in rape cases because the DNA would have been confused. So this Alec Jeffries, the researcher, he was studying the way in which inherited illnesses pass through families – Okay. And he'd taken DNA from cells and he attached it to photographic film and then the bars, blah, blah, blah. Um, and he realized that every individual whose cells, who'd been used in the experimental work he was doing, so it wasn't anything to do with crime at that stage. Yeah. But he then realized that, hey, every single cell is is different and we can identify who that comes from. That's so amazing. Yeah. At that stage, they only thought that the technique would be useful to determine if people were related to each other. And it was used – DNA was, in its first instances, it was used to um, – in cases where children were being denied British citizenship – because the immigration officials was, were disputing that they were actually the children of British parents. So, it was only being used to establish if you were related to them.
1: So, I did that DNA test thing, that heritage one. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, my sister did it the other it's day. It's so accurate. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Nicholas is like, you're going to get framed for a crime because the government now has your DNA, whatever
0: don't care well yeah there is that no it's not gonna happen but just don't do a crime and then it's not an it, issue
1: it knew like it was very spot on that my mum um was from asia my dad was from europe like it, it knew and it gave me percentage breakdowns and everything yours is so interesting ours well my sister did hers <laughs> and
0: i just um she put it on facebook and i said well now i don't need to bother doing mine because you well, guess so mine's the same did, yeah ours is so vanilla it's like UK, Scotland, <laughs> Ireland, and there's like a teeny tiny bit of Sweden or something, which is the Danish. Mine was like side every country.
1: country. <clears throat> I just don't know where my ancestors went. It was I love just that like though. everything. What a
0: mixture! Um, so <laughs> when uh, so this is a problem with me having to scroll back and forth. When Alec Jeffries, this scientist, were first said that he thought DNA fingerprinting could be used to apprehend criminals in a in a forum. Did people he was, think he was nuts? They laughed at yeah, him. Yeah, they mm. did. So he agreed to do some tests on Richard Buckland's blood. So Richard's the young guy that they suspected of these two murders. Yeah. Um, his blood and on the semen that had been taken from the dead girls' bodies. So Jeffries could see that both the girls had been raped by the same man. Yeah. But he could also see that Richard Buckland's DNA was completely different. So he had to tell the police oh. that although they were correct that the same man had in fact raped it wasn't both girls, guy. it wasn't Buckland. It wasn't Richard Buckland. He hadn't killed Linda and he hadn't killed Dawn. So Richard Buckland, that young guy, became the first person to have his innocence established by DNA fingerprinting. Yeah, right. So, uh, and there was no doubt that he would have been found guilty on all the other evidence they had, yeah. because he had confessed to it. But okay. obviously, if he was of simple mind, yes, um, yeah, he would have been found guilty if they didn't have this DNA ev- evidence. So, wow. the it didn't stop there though, because oh. we don't know who killed them. The Leicestershire Police is it Leicester Leicester Leicestershire? I can't say that word. Just put a whole Les- lot of. The <laughs> police yeah. began collecting blood and saliva samples from five and a half thousand local men. It took them eight months. Wow. There were no matches. Now, among the people who had been recorded as having given a sample yep. was this Colin Pitchfork, who I told you about earlier. He's yep. 27 at this stage. He's a baker. He's got two young kids. Three years earlier, he had been questioned about his movements on the evening that the first girl, Linda, yep. had been murdered, and he said, excuse me, I had to burp, he said um, that he had been looking after his young son that night. Okay. On the 1st of August, 1987, one of Colin Pitchfork's colleagues at the bakery, a guy called Ian Kelly, was drinking at his local pub with oh, some of mates. Oh, Ian. And Ian, no. Ian, good on you, Ian. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like, oh, Ian, Ian's ruined this admit, for him. They're all having a few, a few drinks. Yeah. Or, and he admitted that he had taken this a blood test that the cops were doing on everyone, the yeah. saliva test. He had done it for Colin Pitchfork.
1: Oh.
0: So. Colin Pitchfork had never actually been tested. This other guy, so Ian, had done it for him. So they weren't testing people
1: in front of them. Just like, give us your mouth swab when you're done.
0: I'll explain how it happened. Okay. So Colin Pitchfork had told this Ian guy at the time he was supposed to be tested that um, he couldn't give blood under his own name because he would got this, had these flashing crimes earlier and he was worried that they'd look at him as a guilty man and he'd okay. be in trouble and he was scared. So that's why this Ian guy agreed to do it. Yeah. And he docked it up his passport and put Ian Kelly's photograph into it, drove him to the test centre, which was set up at a local school at the time, and he waited outside while his blood sample was taken. So a woman overheard the boys at the pub all discussing this. Yeah, she did. And she called the cops. Yeah. So on Karen. the 19th of... Is it Karen?
1: I don't know. I've just called her Karen.
0: <laughs> at the pub? Yeah. Um, I think her name's Siobhan. Siobhan. Is she working at the own? Um, I have real issues with that is name, It's I've got a friend <laughs> called Han, and I always make a real point of pronouncing it correct, because not everyone does. No. love to be smart uh, So on the 19th of September, 1987, Colin Pitchfork was arrested. When he was questioned, he admitted to exposing himself, wait for this... To more than one thousand women. What? Since his early teens, penis, 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 penis. Was it penis. even getting
1: a rest? have had sunburn on it. Cock
0: and it. balls, cock and balls, cock and <laughs> balls. Sunburn, windburn. <laughs> no it was out so it. often. Put it away, mate. They're not. And here's another thing. Look, it's not, I won't go so far as call it an ugly organ, but it's not. An oh, it's not attractive.
1: Thing. Right. Oh, right. oh look. Colin. the sneaking log monster. So he... I'm sorry. What <laughs> <saying>? <laughs> I just
0: heard you. <laughs> sleeping. The sneaking log monster. How's Nico? Is he all right? He's well. Good. So Colin pitch four. Uh, said that, you know, he admitted all this exposing and then he did admit that he'd been raping and strangling his victims later. He confessed to both the murders and two other sexual assaults. He said that when he raped and killed Linda Mann, his car had been parked nearby. His baby son had oh. been asleep in the back of it. So when he said to the cops... Yeah, I Yeah, my, my son was sleeping. I was with him. He was telling the truth. But uh, So the DNA testing again confirmed him as the double killer. He pleaded guilty. mm mm-hmm. He was sentenced to life in jail. Yeah, His minimum term was set at 30 years. Mm. That was reduced on appeal to 28.
1: Can't believe he got a minimum. Mm-hmm. I thought that would be life for life. You yep. I think
0: so, yeah. Uh, so, in 2009, they reduced it 20 to 28 years. When he came up for parole, Linda Mann's mother, Kath Eastwood, said... He may have a degree, but he is also a double child murderer and rapist. You can say he is a well-behaved prisoner, but don't ever forget that he is also a well-behaved double child killer. Yeah, fair point. Right on. Good on you, Mrs Eastwood. Uh, She's CAF. In May 2018, the parole board denied to release him again. Here's the part that makes me hold my breath. He may be eligible for parole again this year. Do we want that fucker out on the streets, I albeit in another country? Uh, no, we
1: don't. I know that you can't say this, and I know that like lawyers get really upset about this stuff, but I just don't think that that kind of person can be rehabilitated.
0: No, not with that sort of history. Not, not if twice. if he exposed himself. And exposing thousand, yourself
1: yeah. and all. That's like ingrained behaviour.
0: And so there were, there were the two murders, but then he admitted to another two sexual assaults,
1: yeah, which nah.
0: you know possibly could have turned into murders. Yeah. No
1: way. Hmm.
0: So that book's called The Blooding. If you do want to find it in your local op shop and read it too, should we do some
1: feedbacks? Yes. Go for it. I've printed the feedbacks because I just find it easier to whiz through them. That and thank way. you for the doggo stories. But as we have explained,
0: it's it just became too, too much too for me. Some of them are really sweet.
1: Send us stories about your happy dog stories. In fact,
0: I emailed you a sweet one this morning. Did you get that? You did. Bottom Why don't
1: you do that one? Okay. And I'll and I'll read some that, that we've got. Okay. So, we've got from Kerry in reference to my shark stories. Yes. Yes. For Dee menstrual blood is dead blood, oh. old blood. Mm. Sharks, like most predators, will not eat old dead meat as it may be off.
0: Dinner Fussy.
1: must be fresh. Mm. Old blood is not oxy- oxygenated.
0: Oh, so, ox- yeah, well, that makes it... Very red, fresh blood is
1: it? and colour varies greatly and women would know the difference in the colours <laughs> it's true right men wouldn't know that
0: no they wouldn't um, although it's you know my daughter the other day there was something going on what? and there was you know feminine issues mis- supplies it's being- a real put into the bathroom. Oh,
1: it's time.
0: But my son was there and he's got a girlfriend, lovely, and he's 21 and all the rest of it. But, you know, she and I were having a discussion and he's just standing there making his toast just or whatever.
1: mortified. And I
0: said it must be – no, I said it must be really good for brothers who have sisters. Oh, I think so. Because then when they have a girlfriend, all that stuff's already been dealt with, they know it all.
1: Yeah, that's actually true. Nico only has a brother, so he's mortified constantly. yeah. yeah. But he had a curiosity. He asked me a lot of questions not long ago, and he was, like, genuinely interested. He's yeah. like, so, you know, how much blood are we talking about? Like, what's the deal? Like, how old were you when you got it? Like, how did you yeah. know you were getting it? Because um, they're not told. It's no, too mysterious for No, one them. tells them.
0: Yeah, wait till the end to the childbirth part. Hoo-hoo, he's going on that ride with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got one. Okay, go. This is the doggo one. Uh, this is from... Maddie, and Penny, her dog, also wrote to us. And this is the last of the Doggo ones. Okay. I'll let this one come through because it's kind of cute. Hit us. Um, Well, not cute, but it's really good. Uh, So... Um, she says, I have been listening to your podcast since day one. Love every episode. Oh,
1: oh. God, Nice things. Nice things. Since day one. I can't believe people are still hanging on since day amazing. one. amazing. I've wondered if people have dropped off. Of course, some would have.
0: Uh, I especially love sharing all the gruesome stories with my husband, who is now very scared I'll know exactly what to do yeah. if I were to murder him one day. The Nico Club. I love episode 46 about Joan Vollman. That was the exorcism one that I did in Country Victoria. The spiritual leader, Leah Clugston, or Lee Clugston, was my granddad's cousin. My family chooses to ignore the fact. What? I know that somebody in my family was involved in the crime, but I, for one, am thrilled and love telling people about the story. (laughs) Yes. I now tell people to go and listen to your podcast because you tell the story better than I do.
1: (laughs) I love that. I embrace your criminal family history.
0: Now, Maddie says, I've never seen a dead body myself, mm-hmm. but I know how much you love dogs, so I thought you'd like to hear mine and my dog's experience with sensing a dead body. This is the last dog story, I No to you. bad dog stories well, after this. Well, I just this. couldn't bear hearing about little furry faces I going missing. Uh, my Kelpie Cross Cooley, Penny, was a therapy dog for many years.
1: Oh, I love therapy dogs. Wait,
0: do you see the pictures of them too? They're so adorable. I see
1: heaps of them at court.
0: We mainly visited nursing homes in Maryborough, Victoria. It was so heartwarming to see the residents and and Penny light up when they saw each other. One resident in particular that stands out for me was a lady called Pam who was bedridden. She could barely move at all but she always made the effort to lift her hand to pat Penny on the head. Her family were visiting when we arrived one day and shared a bit of her story. She grew up on a farm, breeding and training Kelpies and coolies to be farm dogs. They were her life and she adored them. So I wasn't surprised that she always tried her hardest to interact with Penny. On one of our routine visits, walking down the hallway to Pam's room, Penny just stops dead in her tracks. I tried to encourage Penny with her treats to continue because I knew Pam would be upset if we missed our visit. You can't force a dog, a dog to do anything they don't want to do. So we turned around. And we went home for the day. The next time we went into the nursing home, we were told of the news that Pam had passed away. On the same day... Oh, I got chills. ...that Penny had refused to go to her room. I strongly believe that Penny could sense she had passed and didn't want to see her body. Penny was very affected by this incident and was never the same in the nursing home. So we made the decision to retire her shortly after. Thank you for reading our story. Keep up the good work. Makes me want to cry. Nice things, to nice cry. Things. Maddie and Penny. Isn't that beautiful?
1: I just think that's so true. So I know I bang on about my dogs a lot, but I'm here I am, and I don't give a shit if you don't want to hear it. I'm going to say it anyway. I've got the two. I've yeah. openly said before. Barry is a little bit dumb. I know. Bruce is my soul angel. That dog knows everything. And when I came home from work the Friday after we had that massive thing with all the cops yeah. passing away, I feel like Bruce knew oh I just feel like he knew like so I came home had a shower he sat in the bathroom just waited for me to finish having a shower then when I was drying myself he just like was like I know you're gonna go to bed and he just jumped on the bed and then I like he was sitting up on the bed and I was like putting my pajamas on and then I got into bed and then he laid down with me oh yeah oh they know they do know. they know they know stuff. Yeah, they
0: just there's know. Maddie and Penny, I'm just um, I've sent you the pictures so you can see Aww. them. They're just the best puppy dogs.
1: Dogs no mm, they do. I've got one from Rodney. Okay. He says, "Hi, ladies. My wife Jenny and I really enjoy your podcast and look forward to hearing it each week. Oh,
0: stop I it. love that
1: people are listening with their husbands and their friends. And I just mm, mm. gather the family around." In episode eighty-three, the question was asked if the United States still performs executions by hanging. It does not. I believe the preferred method is now lethal injection. In some states, mostly in southern USA, the electric chair is still in use. Wow. Yeah. And in the state of Utah, the condemned can choose death by firing squad.
0: I think I would prefer that. Firing cause... squad? Yep.
1: What? Well, yep. oh, the lethal injection has been bungled a few times. Yep. They're not and getting it right.
0: Have you ever seen electric tear go wrong? Oh, nah. my God. It's horrible.
1: Firing squad's a sure thing, right? Mm. Um, I'm not a proponent of the death penalty, but those are the methods in use. Also, the Ford Pinto came up in the discussion, episode 84, the Jeffrey Dahmer story. Oh, yeah. The Pinto was widely known here in the US for the propensity of its gas tank to explode if the car <laughs> was involved in an accident. When I was growing up in the 1970s, there seemed to always be a news story about a Pinto exploding. Anyway, keep up the great work. And remember, you you have two big fans here in the US Rodney and Jenny.
0: Thank you, Rodney and Jenny. Thank you so
1: much. Taylor kind of Pinto love is. That. Well, that's it for today. Uh,
0: that's your blooming isolation lot. Maybe we're out of isolation by this time this podcast is released. Who knows? I
1: don't reckon. No, nah, we're still locked we're down. We're locked down.
0: Mm. We're very clean anyway, I like except it. for Chanel. She's got I a I wee like hand. It. <laughs> we'll take your emails at deadbodiespodcastgmail.com. At Dead Bodies is created by DD Dunlevy
1: and Chanel Vella and produced by Kirsten Lim Howe. Contact us at deadbodiespodcast at gmail.com.